Hey guys, it's Walter, and welcome back to the Skullcast for episode 10. We have a lot of guests this time, uh, five different people on the show today, including myself. We have Griff, say hi. Yo. Uh, Gobulatula, god damn it, say it for me, just say it. Gobulatula. I got it right then. <laughs> and we have Grail. Hello. And Lithriel. Hi, hi. Awesome. The theme of today's show is berserk art stuff, and by that I mean primarily fan art. Gra- uh, Grail is the moderator for Creation Station, and Lith also contributes quite a bit to Creation Station. Uh, both of them are professional artists, whereas a lot of the other people that contribute on Creation Station kind of just like dabble. Uh, some, some, some pros in there as well, but uh, everyone on the show has contributed to a certain degree, some more than others. So we'll all have something to say about Berserk fan art and Berserk art in general once we get to that topic. Mm-hmm. But um, I wanted to open it up with the stuff we've been doing this week. Um, my wife was uh, out, out sick this past uh, couple days, and uh, I was like, I wanted to make a, a quick little treat that she would not have any part of. And so I looked up the recipe my friend had suggested called <laughs> slutty brownies and yeah. here's here's what a slutty brownie is you buy a tube of cookie dough you put that down at the bottom of a glass jar and then you get 16 oreos and you layer it out like a grid basically <laughs> and on top of that you mix some brownie mix and you pour that on top of that and then you add chocolate chips on top of that <laughs> and then you bake that and basically this creation comes out of it, it, it it's not even it's not a brownie it's not a cookie but inside, it's just this like magical deliciousness that's probably, I would guess, a thousand calories per bite, just like a general estimation. And my wife's been very like nauseous the past couple of days, and so I couldn't even describe the creation to her because it was so like monstrous. It was like a, the Frankenstein monster of like the the dessert aisle. That so, sound really good. Yeah, have you guys ever created experimental food before, and how has that gone? <laughs> Uh, well, once I made uh, mac and cheese for gobs. I don't know what it was for. I think I was just trying to start cooking stuff, and I, I'm not really a cook. So yeah. uh, I had him come over, and I made all this stuff and put breadcrumbs on it. And I was kind of impressed with myself. It actually tasted like food. So It was did very you, good. Did you make the – like? was it mac and cheese from a box? or would you, Was it like actual macaroni with like actual cheese on top? It was like actual macaroni with actual cheese and that's why it was kind of surprised because I was afraid it was all going to blow up in my face and I was going to okay. have like cheese bukkake all over the kitchen. <laughs> but uh, somehow I survived the experience and the crumbs on top are actually what make it really tasty because it's like a, a kind of a pasta cobbler. Yeah. Is, yeah, you can is- do – mac and cheese, you can do some really amazing stuff just by adding – Anything with cheese and like you know cracker crumbs <laughs> on top will make anything yeah. just pretty much. It's like a, that's like a southern thing. Like I grew up on casseroles coming up, raised in the south. So like it's a it's a casserole for anything, like <laughs> anything at all, and it all involves like Campbell's soup as the base, and then like cracker crumbs on top, and that's it. There's your dish. Add some fish to that, or meat, or rice, and then done. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny because I actually never ate mac and cheese as a kid, but just started what? eating because I've been hanging out with gobs. Yeah. Um, my family's from uh, Iran, so they don't do the whole – they're like, why do you put the, the cheese on the pasta? You eat it with rice. <laughs> so it's, it doesn't make any sense to my side of the family, and I really don't – still kind of don't get mac and cheese. It's just like cheese and pasta, but I am trying to, to – What's there uh, to get? Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what I was about to say. Uh, it's I'm like just, just bread and it's cheese. Yeah, yeah. I gotta get my get got gotta get my carbs straight. Gobs, what are you doing? What are you up to, man? 
I am eating leftover pizza. Yeah, tell me this. Are you a cold pizza guy or a warm yes. pizza guy? Oh. He's a cold burrito guy. That is a rare breed. What? That's yeah. just oh. gross, dude. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with cold pizza. I go both ways. I'm by. Oh. <laughs> cold pizza, man. I just don't understand. Like, it completely changes the texture of the food. Like, it's just like like it's a different. Food. Yeah, it's a different food. Oh. It's like Sometimes warm you just pizza put something a little different. Pizza. Well, then if you're so if you're if Griff, if you're saying that cold pizza is okay, what's wrong with a cold burrito? Cold burrito uh, is fantastic. No, that that's a bridge too far, Gobs. I'm sorry. That is <laughs> disgusting. But uh well, I guess well, I don't know. Like, is it just I describe to me this cold burrito. Is it just like leftovers in the morning or something? Uh, Same sort of deal. It's the fact that I don't feel like putting it on a plate and then putting it in the microwave. I, <laughs> I'm like, hungry right yeah, but then and like there. The kind you take out of the freezer, right? You're making it. I'll eat, I'll eat cold anything. Wait, wait, but Griff's saying, like, Griff's saying, like, if you go to, like, if you go to, like, Trader Joe's or whatever, and you get one of the frozen burritos, and you're just oh, like, yeah, yeah. fuck it, fuck you the microwave, you know? No, 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 I'm talking <laughs> about, like, leftover restaurant burritos. You <laughs> yeah, I was gonna truck. say, like, it better be, you know, you better cook those, you know, freezer ones. <laughs> that could be yeah, but, but here's the big, here's the, the chink in the armor for that thing, is that the cold burritos, what, what happens to the tortilla when it's cold? It becomes all, like, like, papery and gross and blah. Kind of slimy, but... Yeah, but that yeah. doesn't. When you heat it up in the microwave or something, it doesn't really fix it. No, oh, that it's it's basically fucked. As soon as you put it, as soon as you put it in that little styrofoam box, that burrito's dead to me. I mean, you can't do anything. With the most you can do is, is is split it open like it's like a surgery, spill its innards onto a plate, and eat it all with a spoon. That's the most you can do with a leftover burrito, in my opinion. Burrito mm. slaughter here. Or yeah, you can always get a new uh, tortilla for it. But it's interesting That's, that you brought that up because yeah. that's what that's cold pizza's strength. Pizza in general, I mean you can like leave it, you know, out. You can leave it out in the backyard for a week. It'll still taste good after. Like whereas something like french fries, you better eat that immediately or it's oh, french man. fries you can't eat. Uh, you can't yeah. eat leftover french fries. Yeah. There's... There's... Oh, dude, I disagree. I'm all about the soggy old like oh. slightly <laughs> lukewarm french fries. Okay. That, uh... That's that's my cold burrito. Well, I they, they get hard. Oh, they're just terrible. What about what? Okay, well then, what? Grail, in your opinion, then, what's the shelf life of a McDonald's French fry? I would say you could you could deal with that. Go back to it for at least a month. So <laughs> if there's a zombie invasion and you just happen to be eating McDonald's, you're good, man. One French fry a day. Keep, Have you, you seen know. that? Have you seen that? There was a blog someone posted. I'm sure everyone's seen this at this point, where a woman. Yeah, like a, I think it was like a, just a cheeseburger and French fries from McDonald's, and like kept it out, and, and it, oh, it, it, la- it it looked exactly the same. No more. petrified, yeah. yeah. yeah for like when like something dries out, that's just like yeah. about you know saving old McDonald's French fries. My mom will actually save them in the refrigerator and use them like and make like an omelet with them. I what? don't. I've never eaten it, but yeah, she'll do that. So there's, I guess, a use for old McDonald's French fries. In my opinion, McDonald's French fries like they taste like, sort of potato-like when you first buy them, but within five minutes, it's basically like cardboard at that point. It's just it's like fried. Yeah, it's like fried product. cardboard. They yeah, it doesn't even taste fried cardboard. It's delicious. <laughs> Find anything is is good. Yeah. Yeah, I prefer styrofoam chips though. If I'm going for a snack at like, you know. <laughs> Office Depot or something. I'm recently getting in styrofoam at a restaurant. It was like what? these little rice cakes, like style things. Like I didn't know if they were food or not. I ordered like chicken strips, <laughs> and underneath they had these like styrofoam little like squigglies, 
And yeah, I was like, no, those, are these... those are rice cakes. Yeah, and I was like, are these edible? I, I actually asked the server, are these actually edible? And he was like, yeah, they're like little rice cake things. And so I started, I saw, so I, like, I felt obligated to eat all of them. And it was really filling, actually, because oh it was like God. a ton of them under there. And they're terrible. Yeah, they're yeah. rice are kind of gross. Uh, I never got used to them. Well, that was just a random thing to open it up with. <laughs> I wanted to also start out with some Berserk news. Uh, normally, you know, the past couple of weeks we haven't had a lot of Berserk news to talk about, but finally something came out yesterday. Viz has licensed the trilogy of movies for distribution. I found out later that it's really it's just the home movie aspect of it, meaning they've acquired the rights. They're going to be publishing the movie starting in the fall for DVD Blu-ray. And I think it was uh, Darklink also said that Viz has traditionally debuted theatrical versions of their movies at a theater in San Francisco. And that's not confirmed for Berserk or anything, but there's a, there's a possibility that they would screen Berserk there sometime later this year, presumably after the movies came out on disc. So maybe that's where it's going to happen. And, and But hell, I mean, for all I know, there's a, they're, they're planning a wider release. They just haven't announced it yet. But all we know right now is that they are coming stateside, which, you know, we kind of figured they were. It was a matter of who and when. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Still, it's good news. Um, but do you guys have any experience with Viz as a as a licensor? Like, I don't, I don't honestly, I'm not really into anime anymore, so I don't really know. Viz is they're a pretty big uh, company. They've been in the game for quite a while. They've mm-hmm. done lots of stuff from back in the day. They did the entire Ranma one half series. They did Inuyasha, Bleach. Uh, they have Naruto. So those are pretty big titles. Yeah. I mean, they they're really they've been pretty good in terms of uh, qualities of dubs and actual releases and all that stuff. So I think that Berserk is in good hands, I think. Okay. They're also yeah. the publisher for Vagabond, aren't they? They yeah. are. And I actually wanted to bring that up because if you look at like here's here's my experience with Viz as a company, the Wikipedia entry. That's where I get my information from. <laughs> but basically, there's a bunch of different divisions within Viz, and the one that acquired the movies, I think it was Viz Pictures, which is kind of their movie end. But the Viz, I know it's Viz Media, I think it is. Yeah, but the the one that does the the comics is a different branch of it. And the company's so large, I'm not sure if there's like an over a, a crossover in terms of the quality of the product. And one thing uh, they were talking about in the thread was. Dark Horse is a publisher versus Viz is a publisher, and I mean, as someone who follows both Vagabond and Berserk, like there's no there's no comparison. Viz treats their series with a lot of respect, even down to the level of the way it's published, like the page quality, the the way the design of the covers, the fact that the back of the the thing doesn't read like it like a third grader wrote it. <laughs> you know? Oh man. So yeah, I mean, to me, there's no comparison. Viz is a great company. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with them having Berserk, but too bad they don't have the manga. Basically, yeah, that's that was sort of my feeling. It's like, well, I hope they, uh, I hope they acquire the license for the manga and just republish it, even though that would that's really inefficient. And not gonna oh, happen. Man. But that would be great. <laughs> I was gonna ask, how do you guys feel about uh, them translating the sound effects in Vagabond? Oh, oh! You mean they actually change the lettering? Like if it's like a sword slash, like vish, like it'll write yeah. on the screen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. I that. think I think it looks pretty cool, but like I don't know how I would feel if they, if something like that were to happen with the berserk sound effects. I think a lot of it is just sort of perception and sort of. I think it's very subjective. Like I don't mind it in Vagabond, but I'd probably pitch a fit. Like if they did it in Berserk. Like for <laughs> one thing. 
I th- I don't know if Vagabond is do- like drawn with this in mind so that they have like the artwork you know prepared without you know the sound effects on it because I know they've like they did some stuff in like Dark Horse did early in Berserk where they had to augment you know some speech bubbles and change some things in real in some really horrible ways mm. <clears throat> and uh, so they obviously couldn't just you know sort of do it over they had to you know change the finished you know product basically. And so in Vagabond, it's so seamless that I, I assume that they have the artwork. Either that or they just have some, you know, talented people that can change it. Honestly, I, I don't think we can know without, you know, being kind of behind the scenes, except by comparing what we have in the Japanese versions versus yeah. what we get in the American versions and seeing if there's any – if you can you can if you can if tell whether or not they did some image editing to make that happen. I mean, that's all you can really do other than asking them directly, but – yeah, I, I agree. The, the, the most I'll say about the way Viz implements sound effects is that when you mentioned that, I had to think to myself, like, do they do that? And I think that's a good sign in that it's yeah. impl- implemented so well that I don't even think about it. It doesn't stick out to me. Whereas, you know, the way they initially implemented sound effects in Berserk was like, you know, nausea. <laughs> it was like yeah. vomiting. <laughs> really, anything is better to... than those damn boxes. Jesus. I know. Yeah, well, they... yeah, leave it to Dark Horse to create like the ultimate sort of like bottom or baseline. Like yeah, anything uh... is better than this. <laughs> so just don't do this. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. They, they did eventually make it a little more seamless. Like the way it is now, like I don't yeah. even notice them. And the information is there if you want to look for it. So that's cool. I mean, I have no yeah. problem with the way they're currently doing it. The way it is now is actually how I would have, like, is probably how I would prefer that it, you know, be done for Berserk overall. Like, that you keep the original, you know, artwork, especially since he puts so much, you know, sort of into some of the sound effects. Like, you know, illustrations. Yeah. And just have, yeah, the information, you know, in the corners or, you know, in in between panels out of the way. This is the kind of question I would normally ask Azil, but what I really want to do is to get, like, a glossary of... The, th- the things that the uh, I can't remember the word for it's not onomatopoeia or maybe yeah, maybe it is onomatopoeia there, there's certain sounds that are associated with certain things in, J- in Japan like I can't think of one off the top of my head or oh, doku doku is the sound of a heartbeat <laughs> right but there's like some there's so many different things like that that Japanese readers will pick up on immediately whereas you know English readers is like a totally different like vocabulary we use for sound effects but I would love to have like a collection of those, just so people that don't know can know what each little sound means. You know, yeah. Like yeah. sheen is supposed to be the sound of silence for some things. <laughs> ran- random stuff like that. Yeah. Well, we were. I think we discussed that was one of the big like sort of controversial ideas when like the whole sound effects debate in uh, yeah. Zerk was going on. Was like you know the idea of like oh well a glossary would be really expensive. I remember. Yeah. I forget how, I forget how official that, that was line so was. Weird argument yeah. yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure it would really be costing the big bucks to add i think that was page. actually the company line too that those two pages were gonna you know be killer it's like well I, yeah because then you couldn't have two pages for like some really inappropriate like manga you know that has nothing to do with berserk oh yeah yeah those fucking ads at the end of it but yeah oh well well we kind of diverged but basically viz as a company we're all satisfied with it. And the big question now is whether or not it'll come to theaters. And I really hope it does. And what I wanted to end this topic with is if they do come to theaters, I would love to start talking about having a Berserk meetup, like a Skullnet.net oh, meetup yeah. for Official the convention. theatrical premiere. Exactly. Like I will, I will totally buy a plane ticket wherever oh. it is. If it's going to happen, you know, <laughs> I will, I will do, I will do that. Nice. And even yeah, if it's I, like, I hope it's going to be in San Francisco. It'll be yeah. nice. 
Yeah, I'm in. I'm I'm literally across the entire country, but I will totally come out there for that. Even even if it's like six or seven members that show up, we could have a good time. We'll go to a bar. Hey man, oh. I'm I'm across the state. It wouldn't be easy for me. <laughs> Road <laughs> trip. Easy. Yeah. Hey, I, maybe, would, I would drive there. <laughs> hey, maybe it'll premiere in New York, and I'll have it easy. That's like a two-hour like train ride from me. So it doesn't really matter where it is. I'll I'll go see it regardless of where it is. So. So anyway, on to the main topic, uh, Berserk art stuff. We have Grail and Lithriel here. Um, mm-hmm. Starting with Grail, uh, I want to go around and ask like, how you got into Berserk. I don't think we covered that last time you were on as a right. guest. Yeah, like, what, we didn't talk about it. What got you into Berserk? What, what drew you to the series? Okay, well, let's take a, a walk down memory lane, shall we? Back into the year 2002, <laughs> okay. I was... I was 13, about to start high school, and uh, it was kind of a weird year for me where I had suddenly started watching all of the quote-unquote adult anime. I graduated from Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! or whatever the hell was on (laughs) Saturday morning cartoons, and I decided I'm going to start watching the real stuff. So I uh, got my hands on series like uh, Serial Experiments Lane, Evangelion, (laughs) Cowboy Bebop. Mm -hmm. I I ran the gamut. All the classics? Yeah, I think it all kind of started after watching The Matrix kind of got me into uh, that sort of genre of mm-hmm. stuff. But um, the, the Animatrix, did you say? Yeah, Animatrix okay, and right. the movie originally. Yeah. But then yeah. I watched The Animatrix, I was like, oh, so this is what it's all about. So I started getting into more adult series, and I thought, wow, this stuff is really cool. And uh, back when uh, Blockbuster was still kind of around, the one that actually had the Berserk anime on DVD is actually closing down, which is kind of sad, but... Um, <laughs> I, I went down there and I got a bunch of anime. I watched like Grave of the Fireflies, uh, oh. all that good stuff. Animatrix, mm-hmm. obviously, Princess Mononoke. And I ran across uh, a series of DVDs that was Berserk. And mm-hmm. I thought it looked pretty neat. It looked kind of gritty and the black and red cover and all that good stuff. So I was like, sure. And my parents were like, oh, yeah, of course. It's just cartoons. <laughs> How wrong they were. So I... Um, <laughs> Sat down in my room, put in the DVD, watched the first episode, and was completely hooked because it was just incredible, like, the way that the first episode was set up. I think even people who don't like the anime, like, as I think has mentioned that he hates the anime, but he actually thinks that the first episode is okay, which is uh, saying a lot. (laughs) But um, it it is a really great first episode, and from there I kind of rode the train of enthusiasm throughout the rest of the series, and since I didn't know what the manga was, I hadn't really read any manga before, so I didn't even know much about that whole thing, but I, I really enjoyed the series up until I think I got to episode 20, and Blockbuster didn't stock the last DVD. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> it was all violent with the last episode and the rape and all that, so. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I really? They made, like, a quality judgment? Like, we're not going to carry that? Yeah, they the were content? like, we're not going to carry this. I, I oh. checked wow. at, a, at a different Blockbuster, and they didn't have the last DVD either. So I think Jeez. that's what they did. But, uh, yeah, my kind of intro to Berserk was sort of traditional up until that point in that I, I got into the anime and was really curious to find out how I could get that fifth DVD. Yeah. So I started looking at stuff online, and actually uh, it was a couple of years before I started really f- trying to find out, oh, what happened? Because yeah. I, I started high school, got really busy, and uh, I think I was a sophomore when I was like, okay, well, whatever happened to that series Berserk? I really loved the artwork, and I really got into it. So I... Um, started looking up stuff online and I found out that the manga was starting to be published by Dark Horse and I mm-hmm. thought well okay it's a comic book I'll give it a try so uh, 
went out and bought the first three volumes and realized that <laughs> I had been ignorant for a very long time about something that was far superior to what I had been used to. I mean, yeah. really, that manga completely... I mean, it sounds silly, but it kind of did change my life because I, I read it and I was totally, totally floored by the quality and and just the, the storyline and, of course, the guy with the brain popping out of his head. Good, good call, yeah. And I actually read the, the third volume of the manga in a car and I get car sick, so Void nearly caused me to <laughs> chuck my cookies just out of shock. I was like, what's going on? So it was... Uh, it was an interesting, interesting uh, starting off period, and I, I would always go to the Kinokuni up in Japantown in San Francisco and, and buy the manga and hope that they wouldn't ask for any kind of ID because it was uh, 17 and up and I was only 15, so I was like, ah. Oh, yeah. What I was going to say was you didn't, you didn't get into like how you finished the series, like how you got that last DVD. Like, at what point did you get to the yeah. Eclipse? Was it in the manga or was it the anime at that point? It was in the manga first. I, I, I've actually never watched the last five episodes of the anime. Shocking. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. You're, so, you're, not, missing, you're not missing much. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I, I actually kind of spoiled myself while I was going through. I found SkullNight.net short, shortly after reading the manga and started trying to find out more stuff about it and uh, found out about the Eclipse somehow. Yeah. You know, actually, w when I started the site, the only thing the site really had was a section called Post-Eclipse, and it was just... Mm -hmm scans for immediately after the anime ends so like the, the idea was it's a launching point for as soon as you finish the series the number one question everyone had at the time was how what happens you know so like the next page is where the site started basically and then we had a right. forum on top of that so right. yeah i'm sure there's a lot of fans that were kind of in your predicament a similar predicament so yeah i can see right. that um before we move on to lith i wanted to ask real one more question um what did you think of the, the art, what, what do you think of the art, or, or Mira as an artist, like, the way he develops over time, like, from, you know, volume one to volume 36, like, what's your opinion of him as an artist? Sure, well, um, I don't know if my opinion is sort of the minority, but I'm actually, my, my three, one or two favorite volumes are actually volume two and volume three, and a lot of people kind of uh, aren't as big as big fans of those particular volumes compared to volume 20 or 30, for example. Mm -hmm just based on the artwork, but I find the artwork really, really exciting in the way that it's very gritty, mm -hmm. and it's got a very particular tone compared to the rest of the series, because Guts is in a very particular place. Yeah. So, I, I've got a soft spot for the first few volumes, uh, but it's really interesting to see how his style kind of uh, develops from uh, sort of this... I'm not quite sure how to describe it. I guess kind of more 80s style, yeah, obviously, because sure. that was the year it came out. It kind of reminded me of uh, Fist of the North Star from based on what I've seen of it. Yep. And obviously, since he worked with the guy uh, who did some work for it. But um, yeah. uh, as he gets kind of more into his own style, I guess, it starts becoming a little more cartoony. The eyes start changing. The facial structure starts changing, mm -hmm. which I thought was really interesting. And once you get to volume nine, it starts shifting again. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, every couple of volumes, you start seeing a shift. Yeah. And that's what really kept me really excited about the art style. Because <laughs> yeah, a lot of yeah. artists, yeah, yeah. You notice how they don't necessarily change the art style. Well, Mira is, you can kind of see his passion for the series through the artwork as well because he's constantly trying to get better, constantly trying to adjust his style to whatever he is 
working mm-hmm. on. So, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, always, I've always wondered, sort of, anybody can answer this. This is not just directly directed at Grail, but I've always kind of been interested in the, the choice of his, the way he draws the series, the time, whether or not that's a reflection of the content he's, he's drawing. Like, for example, is it a reflection of the, 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 the section or the period of the manga he's drawing? Or is it merely his, you know, is he just saying, like, I want to change styles, you know? I noticed that, like, right when we got back into um, the Black Swordsman, like the return of the Black Swordsman right after the eclipse and the two-year right. time 14. jump, I, I noticed uh, his art style just got, like, incredibly, like, stylistic. And I think uh, around the time where he's uh, rescuing Casca and fighting Mosgus and all that stuff, it's mm-hmm. the art looks, like, really, like, crazy and mm-hmm. i think he he really i can i kind of have a feeling that he missed drawing guts as the black swordsman and he's like all right i'm back to this stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well he also took a long break between the end of the eclipse actually the end of the golden age and the beginning of black swordsman or no, sorry lost children I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how long it was it was one of his more extended breaks for that time so maybe he just decided to kind of do an art reboot at that time yeah Although, I, Thinking of it, I don't have the reference in front of me, but I don't remember it being too different between like, you know, fourteen and fifteen, or I can't remember a big difference. But maybe I'm- I, I sort of think of that era like probably like the the whole Lost Children section. I think of that sort of separately as like sort of a sweet spot for the artwork. Mm. I think of it as oh, where yeah. he like it really seemed like he was really comfortable, and I mean, and just there's so many like. There's so much art in there that just is like it looks yeah. just perfect the way it is. You just see it and it's like wow, that is like perfectly designed and executed, you know. And there's there's no compromise there. He just really seemed like he was in a groove, like all the way up until uh, and then and then, uh, all the way until uh, the conviction arc or uh, retribution. Yeah. I forget what <laughs> what the exact translation is, but. And it gets a little more like it's that same style, but it starts growing. It gets a little more realistic looking there, mm-hmm. and it sort of like develops into that into the sort of more hyper realistic like style like that he's in right. now, where it really looks like yeah, where it's it's a yeah. little. I see it as a little more. It's not as like consistent, but it's like it looks better. I think I think what you're describing is like. In volumes 14, 15, 16 or so, his art was very economical, like it was effective, but you could tell that he could probably you know, reproduce that art more quickly than he could, say, volume 20 and 21's art, where it's way more detailed and stylized. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I just feel like it was like sort of, yeah, it was like very well stylized. It's like, that's sort of what I think of when I think of like, you know the epitome of sort of berserk artwork strangely you know than the stuff now just because it's like i felt like he was in such a groove then both you know the storytelling and the artwork and how it worked together but i also think it was interesting what grail said about the first three volumes having their own unique tone because yeah i kind of see that like what you mean by that it's like the grittiness and also it's interesting to think about how like story-wise connecting the story to the art those are that's like those are unique because that's the only time he drew the black swordsman bef- you know before he drew like golden age and all that so that the black swordsman stuff later was obviously also the artwork was growing out of the golden age artwork whereas uh yeah the original three was just its own thing yeah in yeah. many ways it's kind of a standalone portion of the story where you yeah. can just read it and enjoy well, it by itself I think Griff, you've referred to it as kind of like, it could be considered like a microcosm of the series. Because it, yeah, it, it sets up a lot of themes and parallels that later come back up. 
Yeah, it's like I look at it like like it's a dumb show or something. I always think of that example from uh, Hamlet, you know, mm-hmm. where they just sort of show you what is maybe going to happen in like a similar way. That's why I've always thought it was, I don't know, this gets into some deep, you know, <laughs> like beliefs about, you know, the story where you stand, particularly on Guts and uh, Griffith and where it's all going to end up. Because, you know... Yeah, this is getting wild. Like, you know, how do you how do you think the story's gonna end? You know, is suddenly the topic. But yeah, I mean, I guess if you believe there's gonna be any sort of uh, don't uh, say uh, redemption. Don't don't say redemption. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, because that's exactly the word I was trying to think of. I know. It's sort of the yeah. There's the wherever the story is gonna end up on the scale of redemption versus retribution. I guess mm-hmm. is the way to put it. Like where it's gonna end for both those characters. Man, we can go off into so many different discussion topics right now, like <laughs> bazoom. Yes, um, very much. Actually, is it all right if I ask a question for you guys? I'm really curious. Bring uh, it on. Since since we were talking about style development and stuff, how do you guys see Mira's style developing from where it is now? Is he uh, going to keep on going in the realism route, or do you think he's going to, you know, take a step back, maybe get a little cartoony on us, depending on where he feels the story is going? Because what Griff really said uh, kind of spoke to me about the whole um, economical versus getting more detailed towards the mm-hmm. conviction arc. And once they get to the Tower of Conviction, I thought it was really interesting that it gets very detailed and very a little bit more realistic in that it was such a big, huge moment in the manga when Griffith is uh, incarnated into a new body mm-hmm. that I thought it was a really appropriate style change. Because one couple of panels that really impressed me was um, uh, in that moment when the tower is falling and it yeah. becomes the hand and the smoke is coming up everywhere. That was like a panel of panels for me. Just gets me all, just gets me all excited thinking about it. <laughs> it's well, such a great which, panel. Which one do you mean? I'm sorry, because there's a couple in that section that are very. It's the one, where the, it's one, the one where the castle itself breaks apart. I think oh, okay. she's talking about. Yeah, exactly, and you can see like you can see the sunlight coming through the fingers and all that. that yeah, that's okay, really okay. cool. Such it's not when it like, I, yeah, it's not actually when it turns into like a living hand later. No, well. But, uh, but I mean, my question kind of led up to where do you think the style is going in general? I think if you look at the progression of the series, it's it's gotten progressively more realistic. It hasn't really diverged from that path. So I can't imagine it'll degrade in – not degrade in quality, lessen in, in detail. But you have to also consider that the, the places the story is going to be going are going to be more and more fantastical. And so I wonder if the art style will will develop from that, like, you know – I think I'd, I'd badly describe the art before as having really hard edges, uh, but I, I wonder if he'll kind of you know pull back on that to, to because he's conveying more fantastical areas. They're going to be going to areas in the world that are less associated with the real physical world and more of the astral world, and I can imagine that that'll, that'll be the case moving forward as well. If we presume the God Hand are going to have a role and getting speculative, but. If they have an influence on the world around them, which is kind of what's implied by their appearance in the Fantasia episode, I imagine the areas of the world we'll be seeing are more and more crazy looking. So yeah, our, the art style will have to develop to that, I imagine. Mm-hmm. 
it's interesting because it's like, yeah, I know what you mean. He's going to be drawing more fantastical, you know, things. So will the artwork get a little more fanciful in that way? But it's like, if you look at the creatures he's drawing now and the way he's drawing them, it's like, it's like he's approaching it like he's drawing them for like a science book. <laughs> like they look <laughs> like these are like these fantastic monsters, but they don't look cartoony at all. He's like drawing them like, you know, he's drawing their anatomy or something, you know, to make a, right. a graph or a chart, you know, a diagram. Sure. So it's it's interesting because yeah it's like it's these fantastic monsters drawn in a very realistic you know style, right? No compromise style. Yeah, that's how I've always thought of his art style. It's just like yep, I'm gonna draw this. I'm gonna give this 130 percent. You know, 199 <laughs> <sighs> percent. Right. Well, throughout all that, I completely skipped over Lithriel's uh, introduction and how she got <laughs> berserk. So. Let's let's go back to that. Lith, how did you get involved in Berserk, and and how long have you been in the series? I think like I, I won't I won't speak for you. Go ahead. Uh, well, yeah. Um, no, I uh, first found out about it. I think my last year of college. We were all just generally watching lots of anime, and and uh, somebody brought Berserk, and it was freaking awesome. And uh, like this was back when you still got bootlegs on like cassettes. What year is that? Around like ninety nine or so. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably right around then. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it was really awesome, and then we got to the end, and then we were like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> That's yeah, <the> really. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was I was another uh, beneficiary of the people who put up scans of the the next few pages of the comic. Um, right, which which opens with Casca's ass. I'm just saying, like that's the first page after the anime is Casca's ass right in the front panel. So yeah. Yep. So you you kind of been into Berserk as long as as me and Griff have then like ninety nine two thousand then so you've been following it for more than a decade now. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Yeah. Have you been following it episodically since then? Um, I first started following it um right I think like the the tail end of the Trolls saga. Oh okay okay so volumes like twenty five or so. Yeah yeah and okay, so we're talking two thousand three. Yeah, I've been reading it uh, episodically since then. Okay, cool. Awesome. What drew you to the series? Like, what was it that really kept you here? That's one of the questions I keep asking everybody. It was like, there's so many series out there. What What's kept you on Berserk? Pretty much just because the, the well, the story was great in the, you know, as as the anime told it anyway. And then the mm-hmm. um, when I saw the art, I was like, wow. So then um, I think I had picked up a couple of volumes on eBay around then, and it was from the Lost Children arc. And I didn't have any translations or anything back then. And uh, I remember uh, those days, those dark yeah. days. <laughs> but I, I got them and I cracked them open, and it's like right in the middle of this sequence where Guts is like squishing the little bee fairies with the flat of the dragon slayers. <laughs> oh yeah, volume fifteen. Yeah. And that was the first thing I saw when I cracked the book open, and I just buzzed out laughing. I was like, "This is going to be the best comic book I have ever read in my life." <laughs> Did you get the um the text translations, the ones you had to order online? No, actually, oh, okay. I just I just patiently waited until uh, somebody got around to. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Namira who was translating at that point. Cool. <laughs> kind of goes directly into the next question. What did you think of Mira's art, and what's what do you what do you think of it as it's developed? I think I start really liking the style around volume probably sixteen or so, mm-hmm. uh, and I I really dig where it's at right now. Um, yeah. So it's, but yeah, it's it's fun watching the evolution of it. But it's it's always had that uh, fantastic sense of detail the whole time. So it's uh, I just like seeing that wrapped around different styles. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. 
you guys are Grail and Lith. You're both artists, or professional artists. Kind of describe. I mean, what do you guys do? What, what do you guys profession wise, <laughs> and how does that get involved in art? Like, like Grail, what do you do professionally? For art. Uh, okay, well, I work down in Silicon Valley uh, as an artist for a little uh, social gaming startup that I helped found right out of college. So this is pretty much my first professional art job, which wow. is pretty interesting. And uh, I, I definitely take my experience, you know, reading and enjoying Berserk into account when I'm starting on something, a new task, for example, on uh, mm. the game that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. uh, detail is definitely a big part of it, and it's just something that I... I definitely don't take for granted because I know as a viewer I value that sort of detail and I know that social games aren't always known for their attention to detail so that's yeah. what I always try to um, do visually that I think people will enjoy but uh, process wise oh that's a that's a tough question I mean in terms of the art that I do for the game that we're working on it's more like what it's a little bit more technical because you have to think about what your demographic is going to like sure. and base it on that. Like A lot of older women play social games, so I can't yeah. necessarily do the thing that I want to do <laughs> as somebody not in that demographic. So you have to do a lot of cutesy stuff, which is something that I'm not always used to, obviously, because Berserk isn't always cutesy. But um, right. uh, I really get to enjoy myself a bit more with Berserk fan art because I can just get... <laughs> really freaking weird and everybody appreciates it <laughs> at least i like to think so so uh i i just try and do whatever i want whereas social gaming you've got to be very exact and mm. precise about the way you're doing the artwork or else you're not going to get uh good reviews yeah yeah and lith what's your background in art and professional art stuff um well uh i originally started out as a computer animation uh specialist i've done like modeling and animation and stuff for a couple of like small online games um uh, right now i'm just doing uh freelance graphic design stuff so uh more straight up like pamphlets and booklets and uh information uh technology and shit like that sure speaking of information i wanted to say while you're on the show that like you're I think it was your Photoshop tutorials like totally changed the way uh. I, appro I approach Berserk art. Like <laughs> for Sino, because I, I created almost all of the little pictures in the encyclopedia for the characters yeah. page. Yeah, yeah. You know, I when I initially started doing that, what I used to do was just like lasso the entire face and then do like <laughs> image adjust hue saturation. And then yeah. like I just I would just colorize the entire face like orange. Yeah. And then like and then I'm like then I found your way and I'm like, oh my God. The way she's doing it is so much better and so more re much more realistic. I'm going to have to go and redo every single thing I've ever done. And oh, I did. I'm glad I could make more work for you. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it totally changed the way I look at Photoshop. And I, I always oh, look at those you. things. I think you did a great job with those. And I think a lot of people were affected by those as well. So Yeah, definitely. I got a lot of good tips. Very influential thank stuff. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're super welcome. But the way you do it is so it's so involved. You really do treat it like this is maybe a little too over exaggerated, but you kind of treat it like a painting. Like you're doing layers and layers and layers. Yeah. And I don't I don't mean the term layers. I mean like you dissect the image in different components mm -hmm. and then you know masking things on top of that. Yeah, that's that's so one of the reasons I want to get back into flash because I can use uh, the kind of mats that I make when I'm coloring. I can use it as mats for cutouts for animation. Mm. When you started doing Berserk. Photoshop. Looking at the the fan art spectrum at the time, mm -hmm. what did you see that wasn't there that you just wanted to bring to the table? Like, what was it that you hoped to bring? Um, just a uh, sweet 
colorizations mostly. I mean, and I saw a lot of uh, a lot of people that were were using Photoshop that weren't getting very good results out of it just because like they hadn't got the hang of the menus and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. And plus, yeah, I, I had just learned Photoshop myself at that point. I was just that was like my first couple colors. I didn't even have a tablet yet. <laughs> Right. Those were like by mouse, which is a pain in the butt. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. I, I could be wrong in my memory, but I seem to remember like this dark age before the Guts and Zod picture you did from volume 22. Mm-hmm. Like before that, it was like, here's my Berserk Photoshop, guys. And then you, you posted that and we're all like, holy shit. <laughs> just been like fucking, we've been drawing like cave paintings before that. <laughs> Honestly. And then you know, actually, if you if you ever look around uh, the Japanese forums or the Italian forums mm-hmm. or a- random berserk videos on YouTube, mm-hmm. that guts and zod thing you've done is <laughs> people people steal that and throw it up everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's you are everywhere in the berserk community. Every time I look at a gallery somewhere, it's yeah, like, oh, let did that. <laughs> yeah, I see that all your stuff is all over the place. Uh, you you are the classic. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, it's fun seeing. It's always fun seeing your stuff pop up on some other website, even without credit. Yeah, <laughs> oh, especially oh, yeah. without credit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, while while we're on the pat yourselves on the back tour here, Grail, <laughs> what I really like about your stuff is your concepts for art. Like almost always, they make me laugh out loud. Like almost everything you do, you do is just hilarious. Like it's not even just your your the style itself, which also is a reflection of your sense of humor. But the concept of the art, like I've mentioned the last time when you were on that flora golem baking thing. I mean, come on, that's just freaking awesome. <laughs> All your stuff's great. Well, thank always you very look, much. I always look forward to seeing the ideas you come up with. Always stuff that makes me laugh. <laughs> Lith, have you ever done stuff on the drawing board before? I think I fooled with it a couple of times, but that was years ago. I, I don't usually go on there except to check if uh, if you guys have drawn anything good. It's pretty, it's pretty much just become like, I go there to see if Grail's posted anything. Yeah, exactly. That's the only reason I go there. Uh, yeah, my posts there have been few and far between lately, I'm afraid. Sorry about that. You're not the only one, and you should not feel guilty, because I think everyone's kind of treated like a ghost town the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, there was a time... Really- there was a time when I had a tablet and I made like a drawing a week and then I just I sold my tablet because I needed to pay rent basically and then I, oh. I, I I don't think I've come back since it's just been depressing, so. <laughs> yeah, we got to bring that place back. One yeah, it was, it was it was fun. It had a nice golden age area between like oh three and oh six or so. There was some really yeah. awesome stuff coming yeah. up regularly. There was there it was a very busy place for a while and then it sort of just lost yeah. the interest of the public, but. Yeah, we should make a concentrated effort next time. <laughs> Coordinate our efforts. <laughs> yeah, which kind of brings me to the next section is like, you know, you guys both have a lot of experience in Creation Station. Like, mm-hmm. what do you, what would you guys like to see there in that section? And, and what do you think? Is there something missing? Or, or how would you like to create, get people to create more content? What would you like to see more of? Huh. If you had your, you know, choice. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, personally, I would love to see uh, just a lot of art that doesn't necessarily deal with Guts or Griffith. Mm-hmm. More stuff with the, say, not necessarily the most famous characters. Like, oh, I want to see some Zepic fan art or some Jill <laughs> yes. fan art. Number one dad. <laughs> number one dad. Yeah, number one dad. I, I, how about some Rabin and Owen OTP fan art? I don't know. Just something, something <laughs> a little different. Because I see a lot of Guts fan art, which is great. I love Guts. I love Skull Knight. I love Griffith. But um, I would just love to see something a little bit outside of the box, really. Yeah. So sure. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. There, there are a lot of characters that you can tell Miura cares a lot about, but don't get necessarily get as much fan love. Everyone mm-hmm. seems to like. If you did like a favorite characters poll, you'd only really need to enter like four different characters. The rest of them would get like zero votes. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Which really doesn't do the series service in a way. I feel like people can you know reach out and do a little bit extra, like with Sonya or I don't know, somebody that isn't necessarily in the manga all the time, but is a big character. Yeah, yeah. Mule or Silat or sure. uh, Daiba. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gotta get some yeah. Daiba fan art out there. <laughs> Love it. Gotta have him smoking fat blunts, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Since that's the way he was introduced to the series. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, is there anything else you wanted you guys want to talk about art-wise? I mean, we kind of covered, we kind of ran the gamut of art stuff in general. So. Uh, well, we, we can't, uh, well, are we to fan art yet? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> can't can't forget the modeling folks, like the guys who are making the the custom figures. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, me- I meant to mention that stuff. Yeah, that yeah. guy, Kia, I think his name is. Yeah, yeah. That man is a beast. He is, he is a beast. He, he's a machine. I think he actually is a machine. <laughs> he's, he's creating these little pieces. <laughs> yeah, that's how he's so good at it. He's just you know, creating more versions of himself, little robots. Yeah. What I really appreciate about his stuff is that, I mean, obviously, I mean, kind of needless to say, the attention to detail, but also the, the, the standard he holds himself to, you can tell when he's doing the face sculpts. Like, he'll, like, do one, and like, no, I didn't like that, I'm going to do it again, and, like, keep improving yeah. himself over time. He, Plus, yeah, it, he works fast, too. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I just spent the week of doing this guy. I was like, oh, my God, that would have taken me a month, and I still would have done it wrong. Yeah, he's made, like, scale armor overnight. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> I don't know how the hell he does it, but it's very impressive. And what I really appreciate is also that he gets the faces right. Like Guts' yes. face looks really good right now, the one he's working on. Oh, his yeah. angry so, like, face, really good. I was really impressed. I was like, his angry faces are so hard to do, especially with Guts. For some reason, they always end up like, duh, or just kind of like a weird shovel face oh, yeah. rendition. But yeah. he does a really good job. Yeah. Yeah, any of Guts's faces in Art of War are generally just like so embarrassing. Like they were just ripped off from like a Ken doll, basically, yeah. and they give him black hair and a smile or something like that. It's just terrible. Yeah. It's pretty embarrassing. <sighs> oh, and who uh, was the other fellow that was doing the the really awesome uh, sculptures? Like the the one that he got finished was the the Hundred Man Slayer Guts uh, leaned up against the tree. His version of it blew Art of War's away. <laughs> I don't was that in was that posted in Creation Station or yeah, yeah, it mer- was. merch section? Okay. I don't remember uh, that one. Sorry. Been yeah, let me see if I can find it real quick. Yeah, sure. Uh, Gobs, are you still awake? Yes. Okay. <laughs> still eating pizza? No. I ate that a while ago. <laughs> okay. It was delicious. Digesting now? <laughs> yep. Hibernating. This is a tomato sauce, man. That's why I can't eat cold pizza. It's the tomato <laughs> sauce. It's gross. Oh, no. Uh, tomato sauce. It can it can be really good. It brings out different flavors. Gross flavors. I think it depends <laughs> on the thickness of the crust. If you're eating like deep dish, you don't oh. want cold pizza. That's like <laughs> eating a cold stew. But thin crust. <laughs> I mean, there are pizzas that don't have the tomato sauce either. It's just like eating like a piece of bread yeah. or something. So. Yeah. I want to see more fan fiction. That's what I want. Oh yeah. Oh. Sexy fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Why does damn? It, why does fan fiction always have to gravitate towards? Like, like, I don't know, man. Sexy. I don't know. I, don't get it. I, I made the mistake of looking up some berserk fan fiction last week just out of you know for kicks and giggles, but it was. You made seriously... the mistake of looking it up uh, ten times. Yeah, yeah. Times. <laughs> terrible, terrible. But it's just bad because all anybody writing fan fiction is always about how guts wants to stick it in Griffith's butt. 
Yeah. And this it's is getting just like, to be an old hat. Yeah, I know when I try to write fan, it's where it always goes. You know, I always have, not this time, but. <laughs> you just can't resist. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Although there there have been times where, like, me and Griff Raziel will talk about a random thing, and I'm like, damn it, I want to see what that would be like. Like, uh, we'll talk about speculations and stuff. And I've written probably three or four different things that I've never published because they either weren't finished or they weren't, they didn't meet my, like, quality specification so i never posted them but like right, right. i've done i've done a void fanfic that was like two thousand words three thousand words or so about where he where he came from or may have come from but it's not something i want people to read kind <laughs> <laughs> of like exploring my own ideas oh does anyone remember the name of the artist that did those like god hand like it's funny because I think of it like fan fiction, but I mean they were illustrations. It was like ideas of them as humans and also showing them as. Uh... I don't remember the name of the artist, but he was on the Italian Berserk form. Yeah, it was Berserk, yeah. Berserk Chronicles. Yeah, that's sort of like the most prominent like Godhand origin fan fiction that comes to mind. And it wasn't fan fiction; it was art. But it's like it's, it just made it interesting to me how you can tell a story that way, mm-hmm. like with just Absolutely. one of those pictures. Yeah, sort of brought it all together. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of the stuff in the content of those arts were very, I mean, presumptuous has a negative connotation. But I'm not, I'm not trying <laughs> yeah. to it, but they kind of, yeah, they kind of told a story in pictures based on stuff we just don't know yet, you know. But it was yeah. nice to, like, you know, think of what might be. Sure. Yeah. I never thought his void looked right. He always, but maybe, maybe I don't know. We'll see. Oh yeah, well, he did look like sort of a very. He looked like a scary bald man. Yeah. I, <laughs> Lith, have you found that thing yet? Uh, I found the thread, but I'm having trouble finding pictures in it. Here, let me post it into the chat. What section was it in? Because that's what I was curious about. Was it actually creased? Uh, no, you you were right. It was in merchandise. Oh, here we go. Okay. Look on page six. Mm-hmm. Towards the top, Direct DK posted a picture, and it looks fantastic because it has the right lighting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that is really impressive. This guy... Yeah, but I don't think I've seen this before. Honestly, I don't go in that section very much. So, <laughs> but yeah, he posted like the the whole process of making this guy. It was just a lot of fun, and it yeah, looked it's awesome. <laughs> the fan made stuff is usually the most impressive. I, I honestly, Art of War stuff is okay, but from what I've seen, it's it's kind of a mixed bag at best. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> I think we've all experienced. I mean, I don't know if we've all in statues, but like you know, the idea of the stuff Art of War does is great. But then you look at like certain details just stick out like a mile away. Uh. You can't help but notice them <laughs> when they're sitting on a shelf. They mess, up, at you. they mess up a lot of faces is what it yep. comes down to. I mean, and even sometimes like their armor, like in posture, like I thought like sort of the later Griffiths looked a little, looked a little, yeah. blo- they looked more like a suit of armor than it looked like a person in a suit of armor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little stiff. Well, that- that is where, you know, fan art can come in and fill in the gaps for what's not being made by the company. It's just, it's that attention to detail that's there, the the love of the characters and the material to give the amount of time is necessary to make it look right, you know? Stuff like this is just, you know, is where fan uh, effort can really shine. Plus, it's made with love. That's what I mean. You know? <laughs> right. Instead of, like, for mass production. Love, a lot of it, TLC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Made for mass production, but with a contrived shortage. <laughs> so we can, oh, right. very it's valuable. Like McDonald's fries versus the uh, versus the homemade fries. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 
Actually, I would probably most often prefer, prefer McDonald's fries. <laughs> well, well, for the fries. sake of metaphor here, let's say <laughs> let's say homemade McDon- fries are good. And <laughs> say McDonald's only made three packages of fries. <laughs> yeah, and they you know they tried to mark up the price as much as possible. Right, right. <laughs> I think we're all going to stop this podcast and go out and get McDonald's fries after this. Brainwash <laughs> into it, dude. Easter burgers. Easter burgers, <laughs> yeah. Just crack an egg on top of it and just like throw it down your gullet. <laughs> Yummy. Okay. Thanks, Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, zombie Jesus. <laughs> there, there is actually a lot, a lot of stuff if no one's really explored. But there's a lot of fan-made sculptures in there that happen. I mean, not even to mention the full-scale set of Skull Knight armor that's being made yep, yep. right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bunch of crazy, awesome stuff that's happening. I wonder if Miuro himself would be interested in some of the stuff like what he would think of a full suit of armor. Dude, <laughs> so, if I were Miura, I would just send letters to these guys like, this is Kentaro Miura. Send me a free copy of your Skullman <laughs> armor. Yeah. <laughs> Please ship that over in several boxes. Yeah. 100 pounds total. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, my favorite piece of Berserk merchandise that I have is that uh, the Berserk helmet that that one guy made. Oh, you bought this, one? This full-size helmet. Oh, yeah. That thing is sweet. Would you get the the um the berserk armor helmet? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that the one's really helmet. good. Yeah. Is it detachable? <laughs> uh, no, not well, oh, not readily. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would just you know sit at home late at night and wear it. <laughs> <laughs> does it doesn't that one have like LED lights in it and glows yeah, it up? Yeah, does. It does. That's really cool. How does it does it does it have like a switch or how does that work exactly? Yeah, there's a there's a switch mounted inside the inside the forehead of the thing. That's really cool. Yeah, that's a cool concept as well. Oh yeah. yeah. And the Skull Knight one also, of course. Wasn't he making another one? I forgot. There's a third Femto, one. too. Femto, that's right. Femto, yeah. Yeah, yeah he did some neat stuff with that, like using, like, I think, glow-in-the-dark paints and things. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Did we miss anything else art-wise? I'm sorry to cut it short. Uh, no, just... I, think, I think we're good. Okay. Just more Zepic fan art, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah, what about contests? Like, you guys, you know, we've done several contests on the Creation Station. They've been pretty successful. We usually get... People to come out of the woodwork to do stuff, you know. Yeah, I, I yeah. Actually, I try to contribute one or two things when we have a contest as well. Yeah, it is usually a good idea, in my experience, to either have some sort of contest or even just not even a contest, just like, hey guys, it's Valentine's Day, let's post a bunch of stupid Valentines. <laughs> and a lot of people actually participate. So if you have a theme going or some sort of prompt, people are more likely to give it a try. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, is there anything coming up we could do? I guess we missed our April Fool's deadline. Yeah, well. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> now Easter. Oh. Yeah. Big Easter holiday. Fourth of July. <laughs> that makes I, me I, remember that well, a year ago, um, our April Fool's prank. Yeah, that was exciting. It. <laughs> <laughs> it was where we people were still speculating as to what the form of the sea god was going to be, and as yeah. contacted Gobs and was like, "I want to make it so that it looks like Conrad is the sea god," and somehow oh, I got yeah. involved, and it was just a big. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> elaborate prank. That's pretty yes. awesome. That's really yeah, that awesome. But uh, yeah, I'm, I wasn't. I wasn't even in on that. I didn't know until I realized it myself. I'm pretty sure. The element of surprise. <laughs> yeah. <I'm good> <laughs> you no, know, that funny story with that is I was on when uh, when as posted that you know obviously under a pseudonym and uh, I I I was immediately suspicious you know obviously and I go online and you know I think. Uh, I think I could tell from the brand 
like they used some imagery of the brand and i like saw that it was two different you know shots already in the manga from the brand and some other things and so i like confronted him about it and he was like yeah you got me i'm i'm just glad you didn't say anything because he was like he said he saw me on there was like i was worried you were gonna blow the whole thing like immediately it's a but lot I of held... planning beforehand on his part i think he had to go through like old young animal volumes or uh, young animals and find like old illustrations that hadn't been put up on the internet like there's this one of casca oh, yeah. in a yeah, forest color, that yeah, the i've never seen before yeah. yeah that guy yeah, does his a, research you mentioned something that's a great section to talk about <clears throat> mira hasn't made an art book in more than a decade oh yeah i would makes, love to see one he yeah. obviously does these full color printouts two-sided yeah. per volume so he's obviously developed a large body of work since the last time he made an art book but we Didn't haven't he seen himself other. say that he probably wasn't going to put another one out. I don't remember that. I, I remember his. No, <laughs> wasn't it the uh, the Skull Knight um, questions that we sent him? Like, like, can we expect another art book? And he, I forget what his response was, but it was like something like, eh, probably not. Maybe uh, nothing in the works. Exactly. I believe the answer yeah. was there's nothing like that planned. But that doesn't uh, mean. That that just means like you know, as far as this this week is concerned, I'm not planning to do an art book, you know. Yeah. That reminds me of. uh, It's interesting because like I have the other art books, and like by now he could have like a pretty thick art book of just full color, like you know, his all his paintings. Like it would be the stuff's the stuff's done. That's what that's what frustrates me. You know, obviously I know the guy. I know the guy's fucking busy. I'm not trying to add more work (laughs) to his plate, but I'm just saying the work's done, man. All you gotta do. Oh yeah, no, yeah. He doesn't have to. I mean, just the company just has to, you know, sort of put it together and put it out, get his approval. Yeah, it can't be that much extra work, right? Put a put a price on it. I'll buy it, and so will hundreds of other people. Right. (laughs) They they'd probably want some original stuff to stick in there, but I'm sure he's got like things that just haven't been published yet that they could stick in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I, consider this. Like, first of all, as I mentioned before, he does full color p- pullouts for each volume, two sided. Yeah. He also does little, little like inside in, insert little pictures, the square ones that he has on the inside cover flap mm-hmm. of the yeah. Japanese ones. Yeah, those are probably full blown ones as well. For all I know. Oh yeah, probably. So yeah, so probably got quite a bit of them. I would, I would say probably two art art books worth at this point. Like, it's probably got tons of stuff. It's just so frustrating. Well, yeah, I mean, if you just, like, not just, like, the full-color paintings, but if you just go with, like, sort of, you know, his ink work and everything else, like, because, yeah, the other art book is a mix, if I remember correctly, the content. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he could basically have two at this point of each. Yeah. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see, like, some of his planning drawings, like, some of his, like, characters like okay this is when i was designing uh so and so oh yeah yeah there are a couple of little sketches like that for the dreamcast game right? yeah i was gonna say the dreamcast art book has some stuff like that hmm. that's cool and like yeah. a in a leaked like sketchbook that he gave someone and told them not to sell it but they sold it on ebay anyway there's like a bunch of sketches from i think volume 14 and it shows how he like does the muscle structure underneath a character before he actually draws them holy crap yeah he gets like there was one of casca where she was with the demon child and the demon child was fading away and it shows like everything that's going on it's pretty impressive wow he doesn't he goes deeper than that he also he draws their physiology before he actually draws their bodies on top it's amazing (laughs) draws their full skeletons right it just makes my mouth water for more our books seriously what we got to do is we got to send him a bunch of new uh bookmarks and ask really nicely (laughs) Bookmarks, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Send them like ten. 
Yeah, we sent him a bookmark as a thanks for the interview. And, and in the letter to him, I said, we had said, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the interview. Uh, don't worry about our response to this. But I kind of wish I'd said, please respond, you know. <laughs> please tell us what you think of this. We need validation. More. They, he, they honored my request of not ever replying. To not respond. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a safe, nice uh, it's a safe request to make. Yeah, it's a yeah. good bet. <laughs> No, but you know what? The idea that he's like actually seen our little uh, our little emoticons in yeah. bookmark form yeah. that just tickles me. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he uses that. Well, um, I guess that's it for art. Unless I miss anything, guys. It's the third time I've said. Is there anything else? <laughs> uh, I think I think we got it this time. Okay. Cool. You know, we usually talk about video games on this section as well. I didn't know if anybody... I don't even know how involved Grail or Lith are in the video games. I, I play lots of video games, but not many of the really recent ones. I kind of wait until there's a big sale on Steam, and then I just go nuts, buy all the $5, $5 games. Were you but, into Dragon Age? Yeah, I played Dragon Age, and I posted some stuff on the thread. I remember back when it was still, you know, pretty happening. And uh, Mass Effect, Mass Effect mm-hmm. Two. I haven't played Mass Effect Three yet, so I've been kind of uh, wary of uh, going oh, yeah. too Don't... far into the podcast discussions. Oh, Don't yeah, go sorry. into that thread either. <laughs> yeah, I meant to have a disclaimer for that section of the podcast. I, I can't remember if I did or not, but yeah, we go kind of. Well, I think you know... it's it's fair to assume. I think that if people are haven't played it yet, they shouldn't necessarily go too far into it. People oh, haven't yeah. been talking about that online, right? Like, there's no spoilers <laughs> available. I mean, it's, <laughs> can't can't escape it. It's in, it's inescapable at this point. Yeah, it's kind of like Harry Potter. Eventually, it gets out everywhere. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing. Like this, uh, Mass Effect Three, it always ends up seeping into this podcast. Damn it! <laughs> hey, let's talk about Mass Effect Three, guys. Talk <laughs> okay. about that Mass Effect Three. Lith, how 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 involved are you in games these days? I don't even. Um, the the game I play the most is still um, uh, Lord of the Rings Online. Uh, okay, play you play the- Lotro. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, I don't even know. I know nothing about that game other than it's set in. It's set in the same timeline and has the same characters as the books. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, okay. yeah. It's, it's that's a weird way to approach an MMO, in my opinion. Like, and I'm not saying it's bad. It's just strange. It's, like, it's sort of perpetually right in the first half of the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how it's going to end. Um, but they do have lots of very cool like flashback sequences and stuff that you do like in uh you know the the lead up, the lead up to the story, all of the the evil goings on in Middle-earth. I always I, wondered how did they handle the whole w- wizard thing in those games? That's a good question. Um no they they just they just break it up to character the way they usually do. I mean they they don't make a, a special deal out of the fact that like half of all the players are wizards turning around. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of like we we don't talk about it all uh, of the all Yeah, of the they wizards. they just don't mention it a whole lot cuz they don't want to break the lore. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah, um the only pe- the people that I've heard that are involved in that game that are like really like it like people that are in, in the game really dig it so yeah, I've yeah. never played it myself though so it's it's very very pretty and uh, I most of the people there are not dicks which is nice <laughs> yeah that's cool is that free to play now 
Uh, yeah, it's it's done the free-to-play model, and uh, everybody likes it except for the VIPs who are all like, what's with all these kids? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you pay for yours? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just um, every once in a while. Um, I'm not actually on a subscription, but like they, they, they nickel and dime me, and they're like, check out this cool thing we have in the store. And I'm like, oh, yes, sell me the yeah. things. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for uh, Gobs, have you been playing stuff? Uh, I've been playing Mass Effect 3. You guys want to talk about that a little bit? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, there... Have you beaten it yet? Yeah, I finally beat it. Okay. But, um, I'm really happy that they're they're coming out with a new patch Monday, so I can, uh, properly import my, uh, my femship, Renegade, and she'll (laughs) look like she's supposed to. So well, will, will you actually be able to import it on top of your existing save game, or will you have to make a whole new save from the oh, beginning? It's a, it's a, it's a different um, career or a different um, like for each character you have, they have a whole bunch of saves. So okay. it stores it on a different character, and then you can switch between them and stuff. So. Yeah, Cobbs, okay. I have a question. Yes, I'm sir. always curious about because whenever I look up like I need a reference for a Mass Effect thing, and I look up a YouTube video, it's always guys playing as the female ship. And I want to ask you, <laughs> as a, as a guy playing as a female shepherd, what yeah. is what is what's behind that? What's the motivation? As said to me that people like her voice better. Oh no no no! It's complete perversion. Uh, really, <laughs> okay. I'm, just, I'm basically I'm just a horn dog, and I I just you know. You just want Liara fem ship yeah. action. Yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty much it. Oh, no, it's, yeah. a, it's actually yeah, the voice does have a lot to do with it actually. And I think part of the reason I I enjoy playing a renegade femship is cuz like um I think that there's this one scene there's like it's like this little lady who's like real tough and she like headbutting a krogan and it's just like <laughs> like holy crap. And she's just like I don't know, awesome. And she's a lot better actor than uh, the dude Shepard. So, I don't actually, I don't actually like Fem Shep's voice. Like, she always sounds so so pissed off in all circumstances. Like, there's no gradation between her moods. <laughs> she's just always pissed at the world and what's happening. Whereas Shepard's kind of like, yeah, I guess we gotta kill these reapers, you know? What can you tell me about the Krogans? Actually, what's funny is neither of them have a lot of like different. You know, they they always sound the same no matter what the circumstances is. Like if 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 male shepherd is congratulating someone or telling them to go to hell, it's always the same tone of (laughs) go to hell, go to hell. Great job there. (laughs) It's like it's the same thing. And yeah, she does always sound mad, but uh, I don't know. It's fun. It's that realization just hit me where it's like yeah, they always do sound the same. (laughs) I don't know what that's about. It's all part of the illusion. It's all part of the freedom of choice and making your own character that always sounds the same. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. At least, I guess, in Dragon Age, they didn't do that, which was kind of nice. Or bad, depending on how you look at it. Dragon Age bothered me because the main character is just an empty empty husk of a person that never actually has any emotions. He just kind of sits there and nods. He's like, yeah, you're the leader of the world, right? Yeah, sure. You know, he has no personality. He doesn't speak. Well, I guess the the fact that you get a lot of text-based options for what to say, and there are a lot of uh, options based on that, which kind of make up for it in my book. But I, I then again, I'm kind of an RPG nerd, so I might not 
be the majority opinion. Did anyone get uh, Fallout for free in the last 48 hours? Oh, I was I thinking forgot. about that. But... I already had it. It was one of the first things I bought on GOG as soon as they launched GOG. No, I got it. Uh... Oh, yeah, so you already got all the cool free stuff that came with it. Yeah, I, I already own it, but I just got it anyway. It's free, <laughs> and it came with a bunch of neat stuff. Cool. Yeah, that's a great service. If anybody hasn't checked it out, GOG.com, they have a lot of older games. So, like, they're kind of like, it's the place you go to get a game that you can't find anywhere else that you remember from, like, old PC days. They're kind of like old PC games you can buy for between, you know, five and six bucks usually. It stands for great old games, right? Yeah, good old games. Good old games, okay. It actually it actually used to stand for good old games, and now since they've been selling newer games, they, they just call it GOG. Kind of like when KFC switched from Kentucky Fried Chicken to KFC. <laughs> yeah, it's just KFC. <laughs> We're just like, yeah. You don't need maybe. to know. You don't need to know <laughs> yeah. what's, what's Just an on. acronym. Let's not, let's not call it chicken anymore. Just KFC. Kentucky <laughs> Fried something. It's like, you know what I can go for right now? I can go for some chicken. No, 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 no. You can go for some KFC. Okay. <laughs> the, the distinction here. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, um, since Mass Effect 3, I've kind of been in a gaming funk. Like, this happens once every couple of years, like every three or four years, where I'll, I'll get to, like, a precipice where I've played so many games, and maybe one of them set me off, maybe one of them left a bad taste in my mouth. <clears throat> Mass Effect 3. <clears throat> uh, I just kind of stop being interested in games. Like, I usually traditionally check game news sites, like, at least once a day. But recently, whether it's because of my job or life or just dissatisfaction with the gaming industry, I just... I have not been as interested, so I'm sensing like a a lull in my interest in the, the stuff. Well, which I is, think that's natural. Yeah, it's it happened. Body telling you to take a break and make some slutty brownies. Exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what happened this weekend. Just just relax, make some make some. I don't know, Owen and Robin fan art or write a fan fiction or something. <laughs> it's usually it's usually your brain telling you, okay, I'm I'm done with this. I'll go watch some movies or something. Yeah, you guys have got me really excited for Owen and Robin fan fiction. I want to like. Like a buddy movie story about the oh two of them, the, the, the adventures of Owen and Rabbit. You know how they became friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously, I I would really like to read that. If if Owen and Raban are lethal weapon type, like little buddy comedies, <laughs> which one which one's gonna say I'm too old for this shit? <laughs> Rabbit always was... struck me as the kind of seasoned normal one. Yeah, he's the one who's always sort of out there. Which, yeah. one would be st- which one would be strapped to the toilet that's going to explode? Which one would be saving him off of that? That's Foss, I think, is sitting on the toilet that's going <laughs> to yeah. explode. And they have to save him. Owen, Robin, I'll <laughs> save you guys. <laughs> yeah, he's the third wheel. Uh, thank you, Minister Foss. Oh, you we were just <laughs> admiring that gorgeous knight over there. What is his name? <laughs> I believe it's Griffith. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Robin, let's admire him from afar for years to come. <laughs> I am about to go conspire to murder him. <laughs> That's a funny joke, Minister Foss. I'll see you later. Peace, Holmes. You don't look suspicious at all, small bald man. <laughs> yeah, he's doing his uh, Barrett imitation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess that's it for the show, guys. Um, we're going to take a break. We normally do this podcast, so we've been doing it every week for the past 10 weeks. Uh, but since the Berserk News stuff has kind of slowed down, you know, that's kind of the focus of the show. We're, we're going to hold off for two weeks before we do the next one. Uh, hopefully by then we'll have some more information about the Berserk episodes. Uh, me and Azil and a couple other members keep up with what's happening on the Japanese forums and also the Young Animal website. 
to see if there's any announcements for the new episodes. And so far, there's been nothing up until about mid-April. Uh, but beyond that, we're not sure whether they'll have a new episode or not. So it's possible it'll happen uh, later on this month. But honestly, we don't know. If you look at the timeline or the history of the releases, between now and the next three or four weeks is when we, we would traditionally get a new episode You know, based on what's happened in the past. So it's possible that it will happen within the next month. So here's hoping. And I guess that's going to do it for the show, guys. Thanks for joining me, everybody. We'll see you next time. And stay tuned for outtakes. Yeah, right, thanks. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Does anyone want to bet on if there's going to be a podcast next week or not? <laughs> I, I'm ready. Hey, to... I'm still, I'm still hoping. But <laughs> Griff, Griff, I always say, I, yeah, we're not going to do a show for two weeks, but this time I could set it on the air. So that's what, okay. that's what makes it different. That's what makes it different. I, I almost said, uh, we'll see about that, but I didn't want, <laughs> I want to keep the pressure on you because that would have been like an out <laughs> if I had like. <laughs> yeah. I started the show as a every, once every two weeks podcast because I knew we couldn't keep up decent content that long for that, that, that period of time. And, but I, it's just so fun to do. And it's like, fuck it. We're going to record, you know? So. I just like talking with everybody, frankly. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I catch agree. up with you guys every every week, you know, or as every other week. Same here, and that's something I, I wanted to talk a little more about. Um, is like what kind of show people want to hear. Like personally, the kind of the kind of podcasts that I listen to, they aren't necessarily about a certain subject. And the, when they actually talk about the subject they're there to talk about, I, I kind of like lose interest. I'm more there, <laughs> the personality, like this kind of stuff they're doing, they're interested in to hear their takes on stuff. I don't necessarily care about like news and that industry you're talking about you know i don't really care about that stuff but i don't know the platform exactly i don't know any if anybody else feels the same way but like what kind of show would you guys like to listen to like what kind of stuff would you guys like to hear on a regular basis Hmm. like more like we've been kind of doing like like i i I kind of like derogatorily refer to it as like book report style things on like (laughs) characters and berserk like i read volume 10 here's my book report volume 10 opens with this you know like (laughs) is that really the direction we want to go in or should we you know i i actually i brought this up uh i actually really liked the 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 three episode long skull knight discussion I'm glad because I, I was I was bored as hell throughout most of that. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. it required a lot of preparation, but it, it was got boring for me pretty quickly. I felt like a lot of pressure doing those. Like we had to like, you know, have all the you know we I have to have salient points about Skull Knight. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I imagine there's a lot of pressure. Personally, I like uh, the mixed mixed. Hey guys, episodes. I gotta go mute real quick. You guys can keep talking though, so okay. keep on. Yeah, well, I, I like the mixed episodes just because there's a little bit of, you know, uh, what you would call it, deep reading sometimes, and then the rest of it is just people talking, which I like, so. Yeah, got some, you know, got the hard facts and got a little entertainment about it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I like in the podcast. It's like, it, you know, what he said about liking uh, the personalities more, I, it wouldn't be good if they were just talking about nothing. It became, yeah. you know, it became a mess. You got to have some sort of framework. Right. And I think That's it's a, done a pretty good job so far. It's nice to have like one episode where there's a lot of like book reporty stuff, I guess. <laughs> but then the next episode's just a bunch of guys talking and having a good time. So, bunch of guys talking about Mass Effect Three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that part a little bit difficult, but uh, 
the idea is nice. <laughs> it must have been hard for you to skip because, yeah, I think we went into it for like an hour uh, and a half. I just love these guys talking, <laughs> oh, but I don't want to hear anything about Mass Effect. Oh, yeah. But I, but I must hear these guys talking. Yeah, I, just mean, I just mean getting around it. I mean, it's like a huge chunk of crap. <laughs> to well, get, you know, like, I, I'm oh. a fan, so I'll, I'll do what it takes. <laughs> I'm not afraid to skip around if I have to. <laughs> That's right. I'm be playing Mass Effect 3 again. Tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, I'm act- I was going to say if we had kept uh, kept up with the game talk, I'm more like a gaming rut. Like, I won't touch my 3DS or, like, I got a Wii for Christmas pretty much just to play Skyward Sword. <laughs> like, I picked up a cheap used one, and nice. I played Skyward Sword, and I was going to play, uh, what is it, Mario Galaxy. And I I never played that, and I'm just now I'm just playing Mass Effect Three. I can't stop. I'm like, I'm actually learning how to play it after I've already beaten it a couple of times. <laughs> now it's like, oh, now I'm like modifying my weapons and you know doing yeah. all this sort of like boring nerd crap where it's like, oh, how can I distribute my skill points in a more efficient manner? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like doing I'm doing the insanity run, which is you know yeah, it's a big waste of time. You know, oh, but. God. You should if you have if you have Mario Galaxy, you should at least play a couple hours of it just to get this, the hang of it. Because like the game, you don't have to beat it, but you just have to get. I think you should play it for like the the, the sense of like atmosphere, that atmosphere thing, and the way the game feels as a Mario. I game. do. It's, if I said Mario Galaxy, it would summon you here like a genie. I would <laughs> you would appear. You know, and, and I was, I was recommending I was, it. I've been here for like thirty seconds. But yeah. Dude. <laughs> Like f- to me, the strongest impression of that game happens in the very first level. Just play that first level, jump off the planet. It's an awesome, awesome experience. Yeah, you know what's funny is like I haven't. It's like starting it is the hardest part. I know if I actually put it in and played it, like that would be it. I'd probably just you know I wouldn't stop until I was done. I don't know. I got other games to play. I've got, I've still got sure, to play the sure. Buffy the Vampire sequel on Xbox, the original yeah. Xbox. There's a game for that. Oh, there's two. Actually, there's many Buffy games. There's like seven or eight, but these are the two like pretty good ones. That came. I had no idea. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, um, that just got awkward. <laughs> <laughs> no one can relate to my Buffy, you know. No, <laughs> I, I watched it. I was more of an Angel fan though in my my early teens. Did you watch all of the Angels? Like, did you watch I, I kind of fell off the wagon towards the end because then he had like this human son and he was into somebody and I was just like, you know oh, what? Yeah. Never yeah. mind. I'm season season four and five weren't uh, weren't the best. Season yeah. three was uh, probably the best one. Yeah, there were there were a couple seasons where I was really having a good time watching it and then I felt bad. Watching <laughs> clips of Cave Story 3D. That's it's probably. Oh um, yeah. I want to I want to get a 3DS so I can get uh, Ocarina of Time 3D, oh. Cave Story 3D, and then get brain damage from staring at the screen. <laughs> I want to play. I want to get it so I can play a bunch of games that came out like five or more years ago. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good that's a good plan actually. Yeah, this is a good yeah plan. I'm still enjoying my retro gaming. Oh man, I just got this kid from. Uh, uh, this locally in in town into Berserk and like I gave him a giant box of Berserk comics and made him read them all, and then I busted out uh, the Berserk uh, PS2 game uh, like right in the middle of the troll part and made oh, him yeah. play it for like half an hour and he was like yeah oh my god <laughs> that reminds me I, I wanted to ask you guys particularly Grail like what what's an appropriate age to introduce someone to Berserk like I wouldn't honestly five do it. 
I would, <laughs> yeah. like, I think, I think 16 is like the threshold for me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I probably, 16. yeah, I probably got into it a little bit too early. I wasn't really able to handle all of the content. Yeah, until I was going to say older. 13. Goodness gracious. I, I was, yeah. It, I mean, the anime is fairly mild compared to the manga, so the anime really wasn't too bad. When I once I got to the manga, I thought, oh boy, <laughs> I need to take a break. What am I getting into? It reminds me of. Um, I was I was really into American comics when I was in middle school. I think I've said it before, like sixth, seventh grade. I was like, you know, twelve, eleven, and twelve years old. And you know, you buy a Wizard every month, which tells you what's cool in the comic world. And you know, you, it would all be blank then. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's all it was all it was all terrible. But you know, you hear watch you hear about Watchmen all the time. And as an eleven-year-old, like, what's Watchmen? I guess I'll buy this, and I bought it, and I opened it. Like, what's this bullshit? You know, <laughs> an, Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. These, where's the costumes? <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't properly appreciate it until I was older, of course. And now it's one of my favorite series, of course. But yeah, at the time, obviously, I was not old enough to appreciate it. And I imagine it'd be the same. I'm not trying to compare Watchmen to Berserk, but you get what I'm trying to say. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah, lot absolutely. of stuff going on that you know a younger. Kid so that's why do. I would say that I think Berserk and uh, maybe The Dark Knight Returns would be better for that, just because it's like you can appreciate it probably at any age. Like, or yeah. most of Berserk, you can you know, like you said, you don't want to be too young reading some of that stuff, but you can still appreciate like, oh, he's got a sword and he's killing stuff. You know, maybe yeah. some people, <laughs> some people still only appreciate it on that level. You know, as yeah. adults, <laughs> but. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's got that range. Whereas Watchmen, it's like, yeah, you better, you better like, you know, dialogue and, you know. Yeah, it's all dialogue. <laughs> subtlety. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Watchmen's kind of like, it's about superheroes, like, you know, in the background. Like, that's like, yeah. that's like, yeah. the, is their day job, basically. <laughs> like, right. really, and sort of lame super, like, past their prime has been exactly. superheroes. Yeah. But uh, actually, speaking of American comics, I, uh, Gobbs and I have been watching uh, Walking Dead and yeah. we got caught up. And uh, yeah, I know, I know. I actually recently read through the uh, thread on Skull Knight and realized, oh, yeah. oh I'm not cool anymore. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my coworkers at work have been like, Natasha, you got to watch Walking Dead. You've got to watch Walking Dead. So I watched Walking Dead and I felt really cool because my friends were all saying that I should watch it. And now you guys are saying I should read the comics and I don't know what to do. You should do. read the comics. You should read yeah. the comics. Without without question, like I tell you what, um, I went to, I, I I still read Walking Dead. I, it comes out every month still. They're up to num- number ninety six right now. Yeah, um, I didn't know that it was an ongoing series. That's really cool. Yeah, I've been reading it month to month for about two years, three years now. But um, I went to the comic store recently to get the newest one. So I walk in, I say, "Where's the new Walking Dead?" Points it out. I walk out. You know, do you want to buy Thor? Like, no, just give me <laughs> Walking Dead. So I'm checking out, and the guy sees I'm buying Walking Dead, and he says, "Oh, do you watch the TV show?" Like I said. Yeah, I'm not a really big fan of it. I said, I said, I said, I, the way I said it was, I like the comics, is the way I said it. Yeah. 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 He, he said, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll watch I mean, it, but. Uh, as someone who's only watched the show, I, I can understand the criticisms. I would say that, Gomps and I were talking about it the other night, actually, that the writing and the acting, uh, it's really something fun to watch in between Breaking Bad seasons for me. Yeah. yeah, and otherwise, it's the writing is okay, the acting is decent. I mean, I like some of the jobs, but just the characters in some of them are really irritating, and I just don't care at this point. So, what what's different? I, I guess I want to ask. The, what's... the the biggest difference I can say is the main character. Rick as a character, his personality 
is dramatically different. He's like a far more fascinating character in the comics. I don't know what they were thinking <laughs> with making Rick in the TV series this one-dimensional cop douchebag yeah. guy. Like I don't understand <laughs> that at all. He is a fascinating, pragmatic badass in the comics. Like he's the kind of guy that he's like the perfect person to live in a world filled with zombies where he will make the hard decisions that <laughs> no one else will make regardless of what happens. Like he's just he's a really, really interesting guy. And it gets more and more like the thing is, what well, the show doesn't do that the comic does is the writer takes it in directions like you totally can't believe he just pulled a U-turn. Like there are three or four major, major dramatic events in the comics that the show hasn't even broached yet. They haven't even gotten close to the level of like U-turns that happen in the comics. Like it's crazy. I can't. Yeah. yeah it basically, what, I guess what I'm saying is the show isn't nearly as ballsy as the comics is in terms of dramatic shifts. Like it's right. not even close. Well, that gets me interested. So I'm thinking maybe next time Gobs and I are out on the town, we should head over to the local comic shop and see if there are any volumes that we can grab. Do you, are you guys up to the end of season two? Yeah, uh, we just finished show? the last episode so far. Tell me, without spoiling anything for anybody, does it end on a particular location? Does it hint at a particular location? Yeah, yes. I, yeah. I think I think it, yeah, I know what you're getting. Okay. At. It hints at that's, the 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 prison. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's, that's there's one a, the a character with the, the swords and two right two zombies. The, the, the prison the prison's the first major like story arc of the comics, and it's where. It's kind of like the, it's kind of like the yeah the governor exactly that's like the, to, my, to my opinion that's like the pinnacle of the series like it, I, I'm really interested to see how the show's going to approach that if they even will uh, so we'll see yeah, yeah that sounds I, really I, cool. I, I went and I Wikipedia'd it and I spoiled everything for myself oh, <laughs> Good no. that's too that's too bad man because that's it says extremely suspenseful stuff as no it was, it's okay because I didn't read it and I wasn't paying okay. attention yeah that's really that's Seriously, it's some of the best, like most recent American comic stuff that I've seen. But issue to issue, they kept the the, the momentum going with that sh- that show. Or the series is amazing during that time. It's like issue forty eight through fifty or so. Well, when you guys pick up The Walking Dead, make sure to also get Buffy season nine at the comic book store. <laughs> it's, been, it's been pretty good too, and Angel and Faith. If you ever want to pick up on Angel again, <laughs> God, man, of course. how deep did you go? <laughs> I'm I'm not out yet, man. I'm I'm still I'm in I'm down in the rabbit hole. I'm <laughs> I haven't come through the other side. Oh man. Well, guys, we might rewatch the whole series. <laughs> I've got a split, but you guys can keep talking if you want to. I'll, I can keep recording, but I, I gotta bail. All right, see you. All right, see you later. Yep. Bye. So Walter's a dick. <laughs> I really hate that guy. <laughs> oh man. Well, by the way, Gobs, when are we supposed to be going? What's when's the Easter thing? I don't know. I think like three. Okay, just checking. Because you know, I don't want to be late. No, no worries. No worries. It's okay if we all just bail now, you know. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to stay here just because he said, you know, keep talking. <laughs> well, I can't think of anything else to say right now. Uh, da, yeah. da, da. Well, for one We're thing, lost without Walter. <laughs> no, he really does, like, hold things together. Yeah, <laughs> like, he is pretty good at keeping the structure going. But I, for one yeah. thing, okay, I let me to... write down uh, what time you said that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, thing, not working, Gobs. <laughs> I forgot to mention that uh, the comic thread has been stagnant. The uh, kind of uh, everybody makes their own sets of panels, sort of like a three-word story. 
Oh yeah, huh? Yeah. That that thread needs to be revived. And so, since all of the artsy fartsy people are here, I thought I should say, <laughs> please post in that thread because I I'm the last person to post in it. I don't want to double post. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't want it to just become Grail's never-ending comic. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to... You still have to do more Scully and Mr. Waffles. Yeah, you know, I'm actually planning that out as we speak. I'm are, you, also, are you at the point, though, where you're tired of hearing about more Scully and Mr. Waffles? No, <laughs> I'm actually really happy that people enjoyed it so much that they want to yeah. see It's always a good sign for me, because I, I mean, it's Skull Knight is a hard character to draw, especially oh, yeah. really accurately, because there are just so many working parts, but it, it's really rewarding to see that people enjoy the, it's the fact that you can make him look comical, like you know, he give him so he make him very expressive. Yeah, well, it's it's very fun because skulls are, I guess, uh, comical without realizing it or something like that. Oh, zombie <laughs> skulls are very unself-aware. They don't, you know, they don't know why they're funny. That's what makes them. <laughs> yeah, just, all you all you have to do is open his mouth and he's doing something funny, really. But uh, that's true. A skull with an open mouth is funny. Yeah, but uh, aside from that, I'm, I've also got plan for a Father's Day comic involving a certain demon baby. So I'm um, uh. still still kind of planning that one out. But uh, I told Gobs a little bit about it, and I think it's it's gonna get a good. It's gonna be good. You just made me imagine like have, a heartbreakingly ironic like image of like you know Gambino with his arm around an adult guts with like you know. <laughs> Like his ba- with guts holding like a baby in his arms, like the non-demon <laughs> version of his child. Uh, <laughs> it's the ultimate didn't work out Father's Day card. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wish you were here. Yeah. <laughs> like, but oh, yeah. but we all hate and try to kill each other <laughs> instead. <laughs> yeah, what, what I'm ultimately going for is something that's going to make you supremely depressed and yet make you laughing. Excellent. <laughs> so. That's my favorite emotion. Yeah, it's sort of like, why am I crying? This is hilarious. Or like depression to the point that I laugh. Yeah, it's like, oh god, <laughs> how could this get any worse? It's so bad, I find it funny. Oh, yeah, the Walter White in the crawl space <laughs> moment. Yeah. Oh my god. That's Where's what I want. I love how they, that was like, actually, I love, like, you know, it wasn't like the best writing, but I love how they made sure to have her say it in the most, like, incriminating way possible. I gave it to Ted, but she doesn't doesn't explain (gasps) why. Yeah. I gave it to Ted. Trust me, it was best for the family. It was like, just explain, you know, that the IRS would be looking into your finances, please, before he kills you or something insane. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Breaking Bad starts in July, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so good. I, I honestly, I see, it's like Christmas. I cannot wait for that show to start up again. Last season, <laughs> last season of the show. The thing I, that excites me is that, like, now they don't have, you know, they know it's the end, so they can just do whatever they want. It's yeah, like they, everyone's fair game to die. <laughs> Everybody is going to get off in the first. Everyone's going to die. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, oh, hey, hey, Dad, why, why are you manufacturing methamphetamine? I, <laughs> that is a terrible thing to do, even oh, if it God. is for the family. Uh, you are spot on with that Walt Jr. <laughs> and, or what, what was it? Flynn? Sorry. Yeah, Flynn. <laughs> I don't want you to call me Walter Jr. anymore. I want you to call me Flynn again. <laughs> 
son, I'm doing this for the family. <laughs> I God, I hope I, Walter I, is still recording this. <laughs> I, I never asked you to do that for me, Dad. <laughs> I just want to drive my shitty peaky cruiser. And... Oh my god! I think this officially counts as spoilers at this point. Like, I feel like I'm watching season five. Yeah. And what yeah. about yeah. what about Hank? <laughs> hey, oh, what, are you do- what are you doing there, Walt? Have you done Hank before? Or did you just rise to the challenge? Hmm. Uh, I don't know if I have or not. Oh, come okay, on, well, I'll take that you, as you. You can tell me your secrets. Come on, come on. You've been uh, cooking a little meth? <laughs> I'm just kidding, buddy. I'm just kidding. I know, you're, I know you're a dork. You can't do that shit. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Come on, Walt. Wow. You got that bag. Fifteen trillion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> Walter. I wasn't completely dead when that bomb went off. That, that's bad. I can't do it. No, you can't do Gus. <laughs> Gus, Gus is tough. Because he's the the actor that does Gus sounds like he's doing an impression of somebody. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So it's <laughs> You have to do like that. You have to do his sort of monotone voice, dollars. but with an accent. Yeah, it's tough. Five billion dollars yeah. for three months of your time. Come on, buddy. It's a good deal. You should do it. <laughs> I'm doing it. I've lost my family. Walter, what is a man? A man provides for his family. <laughs> Don't do it, Dan. He's evil. Just look at him. Where's Was Jesse? anyone really touched by when, you know, Walter called Walt Jr. Jesse? But also sad for Walt Jr., obviously. it's like, you've been replaced by Pigman. You've been come replaced on, by my on, drug Mr. dealer, White. you know, student. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. White, we gotta cook. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta cook more meth. Jesse, calm down. No, you poisoned my kid. It's white. <laughs> he didn't care about that kid till like I don't know that whole extra family that got introduced. That was <laughs> I'm not complaining, but it, I'm complaining about Jesse, not the show. Yeah, <laughs> like, Jesse just just got to shave his head. It's and... white. Why you poisoning kids? <laughs> <laughs> I did it for you. He, he would tell him he did it for him. <laughs> Pretty much. Hmm. I did it to get you back. On my side. Because you were with Gus. Now, Walter. (laughs) Walter. That's a bad idea, Walter. Uh, Now you killed Gus. Now guess who the bad guy is. (laughs) It's me. I'm the bad guy, Walter. No, okay, I'm the one who knocks. <laughs> Season five predictions: Is Walt gonna kill Jesse, or is Jesse gonna kill Walt? Jesse's um, gotta kill Walt. Jesse's gotta kill Walt. Walter has to die by Jesse's hand, in my book. All right, I don't Otherwise... know about that. But what if what if Walt kills Jesse instead? Because that you know, that's that's the other that's the other side of that coin. Ugh. 
Uh, oof, that would just be the point of no return. I mean, Walter's already crossed the line, but that would just be like... I feel, like, that, I feel like that's more the point of no return than if he, like, gave up on his family, <laughs> frankly. Because, like, we already know his family is kind of, like, you know, sort of his fake motivation. Right. <laughs> like, you know, he doesn't really care about his wife and all that, you know? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but Jesse, like, that's the only thing that's sort of sacred to him. Like he is, I don't, need, he is, I don't, you know, if he was sacred, then why would he go and like poison his his little Mexican baby kid? Because he doesn't care about the kid, and the kid is just something that's getting between him and Jesse. Like and, you know, but Jesse, just him and Jesse, like as far I, he, you know, he's his the whole reason he was at risk was because he put himself out for Jesse. It you is know, totally irrational. But wasn't he just trying to get Jesse back on his side? Because. Walter and Jesse have fought like over and well, over. I'm, I'm talking about just... like when he uh, when he defied Gus and killed the the gangbangers. Yeah, like uh, you know that was you know pretty uh, much yeah. yeah like that's pretty much the beginning of the end. You know all of season four, all the trouble they were in was because of that. Like he could have just right. let Jesse go and die, and he yeah. should have. You know if he was being you know rational and being the usual Walter White that he is with everyone else. That's true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's why I feel like if he killed Jesse, it would be the ultimate. Like that would be the point of no return for him. And maybe like what would if they were gonna do like the Godfather two ending or something where he's like sitting in a chair all by himself, like you know, you broke my heart. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm back. Mm. Yeah. So you watch Breaking Bad? Um, no, I think the last HBO show I really watched was uh, Deadwood. It's on oh, AMC. This is, this is AMC. Oh, AMC. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like the Please, cheap man's get your HBO. networks right. It's, yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's the cheap man's HBO, basically. Uh. But it's got better shows at this point. Like it, They've got better shows than anything on uh, HBO. <laughs> it's right. going to yeah, become H- HBO soon anyway. They get to say the S word. Well, no, they're going to get rid of all their good programming. They're going to be like HBO at that point. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I... I, I uh... I gotta say, I haven't watched any HBO shows, but I hear Game of Thrones. And based on what I've seen on uh, Skull Knight, Game of Thrones is a popular oh, show. Yeah. Cause I keep on yeah. seeing it popping up, and I have to go. Jesse, what are we going to do with all these thrones? <laughs> <laughs> we, should, we should have a game, Mr. White. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But it's funny, because actually, uh, I don't know if you guys had read any of the uh, Song of Ice and Fire books, but it's kind of weird seeing how yeah. popular the show is getting. Mm-hmm. When it was just sort of like a f- just another fantasy series, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's sort of I don't know. It's like I guess well, it's not the same for Walking Dead because as Walter was pointing out, the comic is like you know really good. Like it sort of seems like a personal favorite of his. Right. Whereas Game of Thrones, it's like I well like objectively though, I feel like Walking Dead was probably just chosen you know because they're like hey we don't we wouldn't mind making this into a TV show <laughs> and that's probably zombies. the same. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, it's like, we want to make a zombie show, why don't we make it, you know, they are, he already wrote this story, so that's one less thing we have to think of, you know, so it's just sort of easy, you know, to adapt to television was probably the mentality there, and probably the same with Game of Thrones, like, you know, in the, like, book world, it's just like, oh, well, it's just a random, another fantasy series, but they're like, hey, you know, let's make this Lord of the Rings on TV, (laughs) you know, that's sort of probably how they went at it. Yeah, something like that. And now it's gonna, it has this status. (laughs) Yeah, it is interesting. It does feel like it's a good time for TV. It's it's a good time to have a TV. It's a it's a better time than ever. Yeah. Like for like cuz yeah, TVs and movies have just sort of cut, like I we've gotten to a point where like the best of TV is like sort of undercut like film, I feel like. Yeah. 
Because it's like, you know, film is like, it's two hours, and that's it, unless you do like, we're doing a seven movie series, and movies where they do like that, it's not like going to be the deepest character studies. It's going to be, you know. I don't know, I thought that, um, I thought that Harry Potter was great. (laughs) Yeah, it was good, but you know, it's, I mean like, you know, for, I don't want to say for adults, because plenty of adults love Harry Potter, and you know. But it's more—it's more like that adolescent action adventure. With no, like, I just brought it up because that's the only seven movie series I could think of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I was sort of pointing at that direction. I can't think of another example. So, you know, but I mean, just all those series movies—it's like you know, it's still—it amounts to what? Like if a, a trilogy amounts to like six episodes of a TV of an hour-long drama. So it's like if you're doing like an hour-long drama that's like film quality writing, you can just take it so many places. Yeah, yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing more shows like that crop up. But then again, I'll have to watch them all, which is difficult. I'm not a very, <laughs> I'm not a very patient person, so yeah, I, I feel I like I hard... have to... Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I just have a hard time keeping up with the various manga, which I have to apologize to you for, Griffith, because I haven't caught up on Vagabond yet. I remember... Oh, you haven't read the new uh, Vagabond? I, I haven't been reading it at all. I feel terrible because I thought that you it was going to end 2010. Back when we all thought that it was going to be over soon. No, <laughs> I, I didn't like, think you know, it was going to be over. I was saying he's not. He can't end it. He. I, I didn't think he was going to like blood. quit though. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought it was going to be that he just keeps. Because he always he keeps branching out. He always is making <laughs> new story stuff. Yeah, it's, I actually haven't. I haven't kept up with it in a long time, in a couple of years. So I really have to get back into it and start. Well, it's on it. a it's on an easy to follow schedule now because it's apparently going to be like forty pages, like once a month. So it's oh. like big, big episodes, but like big one chunks. Of them. Yeah, big that chunks. That is pretty nice. Because, yeah. you know, it's hard for me to follow anything besides Berserk because it's just like following things episodically. You always have to check. Yeah. You always have to make sure. So, Well, do you remember I, when he was doing it like once a week? Yeah, I could not handle that. I am sorry. Well, how did he handle that? I guess that's why he stopped because he like, he you know. His hands fell angry. off. Yeah, he like, he like physically got ill. Yeah, I don't blame him. I mean, he was doing real on top of that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was just a machine. And he was, you know, drawing on big walls and department stores and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. He was doing everything. A museum show. The man is crazy. He's I was, crazy. I was really, like, sort of delusionally hoping that the last manga museum show would come to Los Angeles since he lived here for a time. Oh, right, right. That's where he yeah. started getting into basketball, right? Yeah, I think so. I think I think he lived here for like a year, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't think yeah, I don't well, know. It would know. be something that would happen randomly in L.A. Yeah, that would be actually like, kind of cool if he came over to the West Coast. Yeah, like to everyone else, it would be like, why the hell is this weird Japanese manga thing here? What does manga mean? Whereas to me, it'd be like a dream come true. <laughs> hey, you know, it's funny how we have different standards for different mangaka. Like it'd be it'd be nice if Inoue came over to L.A. or something. It'd be nice if Mira, you know, left his town. It'd be nice if there was a picture of him online, like uh, like coming out of his house. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. I feel like I don't know what he looks like probably at this point anymore. Because I mean, the last, the most recent picture we have of him is when he got his award. Mm -hmm. That was like seven years ago or something. Yeah, he could be three hundred pounds now. Yeah, he he was kind of chubby chubby for a while, and then he got skinny skinny, and I don't know, maybe he's chubby chubby again. Yeah, fluctuating. This is the the section of the podcast where we speculate about Mira's weight problems. <laughs> it's my favorite part. I've been waiting weeks to get here. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, 
have no comment on that one. <laughs> you could you could go a lot of different places. Uh, oh boy. <sighs> Remember that thread where everybody was asking, what if Mira died? What if he got hit by a truck? It's very I morbid, think, yeah. Yeah, I think there that was a moment for all of us where we were thinking, I hope Mira never checks this forum right yeah. at this point. <laughs> Yeah, so that would be that would be when he would check on it because yeah, like based on my experiences, whenever you're saying something really inappropriate about somebody, is when they check the forum. So yeah, so thankfully, thankfully that one got kind of folded in with the rest of the Berserk Miscellaneous section. Yeah, so, but I, I'm I wonder if he ever has taken a look at our forum before I know it's English speaking, so he probably doesn't have that much to look at. But you know what, I wouldn't be I would. I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, he seems like he's, you know, into technologies, into games. He keeps up with things. I mean, he got a letter from us, you know, yeah. so he so probably, out of curiosity, just... checked it out. I'm sure he has seen, like, the index. Or maybe just the, maybe he just looked at the website. Yeah. But I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if he had actually just checked it out. Because, you know, he's a guy who sits at a desk, you know, well, most of his uh, days. So. Yeah. Probably the most likely thing would be, like, somebody off his team would, like, email him a link from something from Skull Knight. Like, look at this, it's funny. And he'd be like, oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Check out the Berserk Porn Contest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he emails back, you know, don't send me a link from there again. <laughs> oh, man, that, that's kindergartner stuff to him, probably. <laughs> I just meant in general, you know, like something, you know, funny from our board. He'd be like, uh, nah, I don't, I don't want to read that. <laughs> those, yeah. those, those weirdos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Don't they know this series is for Japanese people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you're confusing him with another studio. <laughs> <sighs> Man, I talked a lot. I, it's been like. How long have we been talking? <laughs> two hours. Yeah, creeping up on two hours. Speaking right, of which, I, I kind of got to go. <laughs> yeah, go now, ahead. I gotta get ready. Uh, I have to go to Gobbs' house for Easter, so I have oh, to. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Happy Easter to you all. Yeah, thank you. Hope you guys have a great Sunday. Yeah, yeah you too. Right. Yeah, you guys right. have good radio voices, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, cool. So well, you guys thank have you for a good the, one. The invite to the Good. podcast was fun. Yes. Yeah, no yes. Problem. Thanks, Walter. Thanks, Griff. Thanks, everybody. I had a lot of fun. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you next time. Bye.